Welcome to Conversations, a podcast by Christ Presbyterian Church of Auburn, where we sit down with our pastor, Eric Zellner, and discuss how God's Word applies to our lives. Welcome back. I guess back, I don't know if that's the... I've never been here before, so I don't know if it's necessarily welcoming back. Welcome Um, to Michael Austinson. Michael, this is... uh, I need to introduce our audience to you. I'm... As always, I'm Eric Zellner, and I'm introducing Michael, who is going to serve as our next host for our podcast. Uh, To this point, everyone who's been a co-host with me has been named Will. Mm -hmm. And so it was a little bit of a step out (laughs) for me to talk to somebody named Michael. And so I've decided I'm just going to call you Will the Fourth. Okay. Okay? Are you good with that? Uh, Sure, I guess. (laughs) Why don't you tell our listeners uh, a little bit about yourself uh, and how long you been at the church and anything else you'd like them to know yeah absolutely so i am uh i've been at christ prez for uh, almost four years now um i missed i missed the beginning of the church okay. but uh, i joined about a year after the church had gotten started and uh i live in auburn with my wife and i work for a local home builder around here um and yeah we we just love auburn good love good. it yeah you uh Rebecca is, uh, is Michael's wife, and they've been married for right at a year. Mm-hmm. And uh, Rebecca was pretty much here in the early days, mm-hmm. and I got to meet you a year after that. And you have been faithful serving, faithfully serving in the church since then. I'm grateful mm-hmm. to have you, and I'm grateful that you're willing to to step up and take this um, this job. It's Absolutely, a, it's a thankless job to have to hang out with the pastor. <laughs> it's it's an so it's an honor. It's an honor for sure. Well, thank you. Tell our tell our listeners what we're going to talk about this week. Yeah, absolutely. So we are going to uh, talk about uh, dominion and talking about specifically what it outlines in Genesis um, about what does it mean for man to have dominion on the earth. And so, mm-hmm. um, basically, that's that's the first part we're going to talk about. Um, and then, what are the implications for us? Um, is another thing we're going to talk about uh, not being in Eden. Um, mm-hmm. We're not Adam and Eve. We are yeah. not in Eden. Yep. Um, so, what does it mean for dominion to be outside of Eden? Mm. Um, how did Christ, um, and then, yeah, really, how did Christ show dominion on the earth mm-hmm. um, while he was here? Um, and then, kind of, yeah, just an outward looking implication of that for all of us. That's good. I, and, and I think the, the reason when you mentioned this to me as an idea, I thought this would really resonate because dominion really is something that seems like a very Genesis 1, Genesis 2 idea. Uh, but then we wonder, how does it still have implications for our lives today? And so um, let's begin by just explaining what what is meant by the concept of dominion in the Garden of Eden. Mm-hmm. We, we get this, of course, from uh, Genesis chapter 1 first, where uh, after God creates all of the animals and creates uh, the I mean, this is after God says, let there be light, and then he goes all the way down to the animals, and those are created. And then in verse 26 of chapter 1, God says, let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens, over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Um, And then at chapter 2, verse 19, uh, when when I preached through Genesis, I told our people, chapter 1 is a high-level flyover. God created, God created, God created, or God said, God said, God said. Um, and you come to chapter 2, and it's like the lens of the camera comes down low, 
and tells us in greater detail what's going on. So chapter 2, verse 19 says, Now out of the ground the Lord God had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name. Well, that's really a close bird's-eye view of how Adam first began to exercise dominion. That is that he's acting as a vice-regent of of God. And in that sense, really, uh, Adam, for Adam to have dominion, as an image bearer of God, is to be one who represents God in the activity of ruling over the earth. And we're going to take a lot today from uh, one of my seminary professors, Jack Collins, who's written a a really excellent commentary on Genesis 1 through 4. Uh, He also wrote a great book called Science and Faith, but his name is um, C. John Collins, C. period John Collins, not S-E-E. Hey, John Collins. but anyway, Jack Collins is what I think of him as. He was my Old Testament professor. And um, in, in his book, he speaks about how the creation, uh, as in the earth, the animals, and mankind were, were meant uh, to exist together. And so Adam's dominion is a part of that. Uh, so his existence within and on the earth. So to have dominion over the world... It not only meant for Adam that he was going to, as the image bearer of God, rule and reign in wisdom like God did, but it also meant that that he was going to exercise this wisdom in the world. So then when you come to the fall, um, Adam doesn't lose dominion. He loses Eden. Mm-hmm. Um, and and one of the things that I think we we've studied in our preliminary work to get to this point is that is that what what Adam was intended to do there in Eden has now been spread throughout the whole earth, right? That that um, Adam is to take the image of God and exercise dominion in the whole earth. And so we as followers of Christ now, to, to fast forward to the end, we, we can quickly say we as followers of Christ, not no longer in Adam by the curse of the fall, um, enslaved to all the effects of it, but now in Christ we have a, a, a real important implication for how we're going to live. So we break our we break our study today down in, in three categories. We'll talk about dominion in Eden, we'll talk about dominion in Christ, and then thirdly we'll talk about dominion in us. Mm-hmm. How do we as believers exercise dominion? Um, so we spoke briefly about what it means in Eden, mm-hmm. uh, how Adam is to is to tend the garden. He's caring for it. Uh, and even uh, caring for, with wisdom, the animals. Mm. Um, I always find it helpful, you know, thorns and thistles, this idea of Adam, you know, after the curse in in, uh, chapter 3, we're told that that Adam, that the ground is cursed Mm -hmm. because of Adam. And in in sweat and toil is he going to labor in the ground. And you get the sense from chapter 3 that what Adam lost in Eden was the fact that the ground, the creation, was was happily cooperating mm-hmm. with his exercise of dominion. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after the fall, you get the sense that it is frustratingly so, mm-hmm. um, that thorns and thistles grow in places they shouldn't grow. Um, that's not, you know, unless you think you're a gardener, then many people would go, well, I don't really have a lot of trouble with thorns and thistles. <laughs> yeah. um, 
but uh, but it's really indicative of all of our work, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, your work has frustrations and struggles. My work has frustrations and struggles. And uh, it, no matter what you're involved in, we find that these kind of things are indicative uh, of our experience in the world. So the fall of mankind um, had its impact on the created world, according to Genesis. As, as Collins makes the point, Man was made to have a dominion over the creation and to bring the blessings of Eden throughout the whole earth. And then when he fell from that task, he didn't lose dominion. Mm -hmm. He just lost, in a sense, how the creation was to respond to it. So um, that's that's what we have in Eden. But in that fall, Romans chapter 8 speaks of the way the creation is groaning. uh, And we're groaning. Mm-hmm. along with creation, that that uh, things are not functioning rightly, and we feel the effects of that. It's Romans 8, uh, 18 through 23, really. But then, you know, you ask the question, how does, how does Christ, as he enters into the world, exercise and show dominion? Um, the Bible is, is full of comparisons between the first Adam and the second mm-hmm. Adam. Uh, and those are not just by way of salvation. They're also by virtue of being an unfaithful son versus a faithful son. So when Christ comes into the world, he exercises dominion uh, not only with perfect obedience to his Father. Uh, this, is a, this is a man who lived among people and convinced the very people who knew him the best, like even his mom and his brothers and sisters—I mean his brothers— that he really was the Son of God. Uh, this is a remarkable thing, which tells us he actually lived very differently than most of us. <laughs> Nobody is is thinking that I'm a Son of God, except for <laughs> by grace through faith. Um, but anyway, I say that because not only does he live in a way that is perfectly obedient to the Father, but throughout his, his earthly ministry, he constantly does things that are pushing back the curse of the fall. So he lives and exercises dominion over the creation, when he heals a man who's been born blind, when he heals a man who is lame, um, when he, um, when he, well, multiple times he heals um, people born born blind or lame. But that that idea is so um, so clearly a part of what it is for Christ to exercise dominion in the creation. Um, so he does that in pushing back the curse, but. I think it's important for us to think about this now by way of, I think it's 163 times the New Testament speaks of our status in Christ. Mm-hmm. It uses that, that, that phrase, in Christ. And so in speaking of that way, the, the Bible now tells us that as those who are in Christ, as those who didn't lose a charge to exercise dominion, we have uh, a, a charge to to exercise this dominion. So how do we do that? Well, um, you and I were talking offline about the fact that the world is deeply fallen. Mm-hmm. Um, would you share with our people, you, you referenced something that Colin said about mm-hmm. just the the countries of the world, um, because I want to I want to make this point. Exercising dominion is not a um, it's not a political position. Mm-hmm. 
It's a Christian mm-hmm. position, so it's neither right nor left. Mm-hmm. Would you read that quote? Absolutely. And so uh, some of the context before I read the quote, because sometimes the, the quote won't necessarily make sense, but yeah. he's talking about uh, the word subduing and dominate or dominion, mm. uh, or sorry, having dominion, like having dominion drums up dominate as well as subdue. Uh, drums up like notions of conquest by destruction. Those are his words. The way it's twisted. The way it's twisted, yes. And so um, he says this about other countries. um, Just on the face of it, uh, the charge is nonsense, the charge of drumming up these words to mean something else. Mm. Um, The the most successful destroyers and polluters of the environment have been societies that repudiate biblical ethics, such as the Iron Curtain countries, um, those under the USSR. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) and of the 20th century. It is possible, though, that some believers have taken the text, the subdue and dominion, um, to mean the twisted way. Um, mm-hmm. So it is important to properly understand what subdue and dominion mean mm-hmm. um, in the context that, that the Lord wrote the Word. Yeah, and, and so we should. I think where we should make the, a clear distinction based on that comment is domination is misusing the creation— Dominion is rightly using the creation. That's how that's how we can say that Christ did that. Um, and so, in Adam in the Garden of Eden, he is rightly using the creation. So, when when Collins makes reference, and it's it's completely true, there's no hiding it. Uh, countries that have have no reference to a biblical ethic have no reference to tending the garden. They have no reference to the context of dominion over the creation. And so, when we see these kinds of things on the other side of the world, we recognize. <laughs> Truthfully, we don't even understand how vastly pervasive Christianity has influenced how we think about the world, the creation itself. Um, it wasn't just because President Jimmy Carter in the 1970s started realizing there's smog <laughs> over Los yeah. Angeles yeah. or there's pollution. Um, that's so much a part of my childhood. I remember commercials on TV, and you would begin to think, well, that's, yeah, we should pick up trash, right? Um, <laughs> we should try to have cars that run more cleanly. Well, the, the truth is um, Christians have always been those who thought about the creation, and I mean the world, the dirt, the animals. We've thought about that totally differently from unbelievers. Why is that? Well, because Genesis tells us that that there is a that the creation is made for man, and man is meant to enjoy the creation all the while looking to the Father who's given it. And so we're to we're to exercise dominion by rightly enjoying and using uh, these blessings. So. I will tell you this, my um, my older children will remember a time we, we moved into a neighborhood in Huntsville, and uh, I would I would try to get the girls out of the house. They're, it's a little rambunctious after work. I come home, and my sweet wife's been with two screaming children. Um, I would take a walk, and we'd walk around our neighborhood, and they were building houses in my neighborhood, and we would pick up trash on the uh on the construction site, I would I would love it if some of the <laughs> some of the homeowners in the neighborhood I'm building would do, would do that. that. That yeah. would be man. <laughs> well, I think my you know I don't even know if my little girls my girls now who are in college remember that, but um, I was actually I would say this to them we're 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 taking care of God's earth right He's given it to us, and that didn't make me um, some kind of flaming liberal. It mm-hmm. it actually just made me a Christian mm-hmm. right, and that's not mm-hmm. what made me a Christian. It was, <laughs> It was evidence that I had some thought about the creation itself. Uh, I don't. I don't. Um, 
I don't do this well. I don't do this perfectly. And there's ways and times that I, that I misunderstand that. But if I understand what Adam's doing in exercising dominion and tending the garden, then we're taking the blessings of Eden to the whole world. But look, uh, we won't exercise dominion perfectly by just picking up trash, right? This is not, that's not the end-all, be-all mm-hmm. of it. We, we take our cues also from Christ, who is, who is actively pushing back the curse um, in, his, in his life and ministry. What would that look like for us, right? Um, it, is, it is good and right for people to, um, for people to be doctors and to, and to seek to do good work, nurses that are seeking to do good work of healing people who are sick. That's, that's pushing back the curse of the fall. There's other effects of the curse of the fall, right? We Christians should be, uh, could be and can be uh, conscious of the fact that uh, there's people who do not have food. Mm-hmm. There's people who uh, do not have clothing or shelter. And, and part of our work as believers to be pushing back the curse of the fall is to be a part of kingdom works that actually care about those kinds of things. Um, and the, the point of that is that is that because God has borne his image out in, the, in mankind, we actually have a very high view of human nature. Christianity gives dignity because God has given dignity, right? So we think about people differently. We think about the world differently. We think about people differently. Um, and, and as you and I were talking offline, that's an important part of that, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, when we appreciate the way the, the earth is and, and, and how the Lord has, has made it, um, you know, it should almost like even just a fruit, of being a believer, we mm-hmm. should right. care for the things of the earth um, and care for things. And I think there's also um, some of that, you know, being made in the image of God. And you know, I, I mean, we I, I deal with um, sometimes with uh, some international students, and a lot yeah. of times we find that our cultures have very similar beliefs, you know, yeah. of, of whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. And so this is one of those things when you know there's some be somebody from India or somebody from Iran or something like that. And, mm-hmm. you know, you ask them what the question and there's a piece of trash on the ground. Would you pick <laughs> it up? You know, and they, they would pick it up. And yeah. it's this idea, yeah. you know, there are, it, hmm. there is somewhat of an instinct in us that maybe it should be like Eden. It should mm-hmm. be, we should be, you know, having an exercising dominion hmm. um, over the earth. And, and sometimes it makes us angry and, and, and maybe a little, a little bit of righteous anger mm-hmm. when we see people, um, throwing trash on the ground or whatever it yep. may be. Um, and I know specifically in my job, you know, trash is, it, I'm building, we're building houses. See, yeah. Trash is flowing everywhere. everywhere yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's going everywhere. And yeah. so um, I found myself multiple times just getting very, you know, angry because it's, it's, I mean, not angry, but maybe frustrated yeah. that there's trash on the ground. Let's pick it up. You know, let's just pick it up. Let's yeah. just pick it up. There's big old dumpsters. That's right. Let's throw it in the dumpster. <laughs> you that's know, a, yeah, that's a place it. to start, isn't um, it? Absolutely. Now, the other, and I think the last thing I want to close with is 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 to exercise dominion. Also, if we want to really figure out what it means to to push back the curse, it has to go more deeply than the creation and the earth and trash. Right? It goes directly to our mm-hmm. hearts, doesn't it? So when we talk about exercising dominion as believers, to push back the curse is actually to embrace what the Bible says we are. If any man is in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if any man's in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away and the new has come. And so we are, we are um, those who are actively putting off sin and putting on um, the character of Christ. So I say that because 
it is even exercising dominion for a Christian man or woman to be conscientiously aware by help of the Holy Spirit of sin and learning to throw that off Mm -hmm. and learning to put on uh, Christ himself. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, we can talk about dominion in Eden. Uh, We talk about dominion in Christ. What did we see and how did he live it? But uh, when we think about our own actions to exercise dominion, we think about a high view of the world. We think about a high view of mankind. But then we also think about um, a high view of the image of Christ in us. And that's what I'm talking about there. Mm -hmm. So that to have dominion is to reign and rule over evil. Mm -hmm. Let let sin not reign in your mortal flesh mm-hmm. to have its to have authority over you, mm-hmm. which is the way Romans speaks mm-hmm. of it. But instead, we reign over it. Mm-hmm. This is crazy. So we exercise dominion by reigning over evil, pushing it out, uh, and embracing repentance and faith in Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, so this this means. Exercising dominion is not a Genesis issue. <laughs> it's really for Christians. It's an all of life issue and a beautiful one too. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, I think that's great. That's great. Yeah. Thank uh, you I think so much. Covered it. Thank you, Michael. Sure. I appreciate you doing it, yep. and we look forward to next time. Absolutely. See you, everybody.